Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. We hope that these messages encourage and inspire you in your personal journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. So if you will turn with me to First uh, Kings chapter 18, and we are going to get in this word today. Amen. First Kings 18. So when you hear certain names in a Bible, we tend to associate them with great things, a great movement, a great uh, a, do, people doing great things for the Lord. Well, you also hear certain names mentioned in the Bible. They they didn't make a difference. And so the distinction between these two um, sets of of people is one, the ones that made a difference were the ones that were fully committed to God. And the other ones were not. So that's my message for us today, a deeper commitment with God. Right? So God only works with those who are fully committed to him. Fully committed to them, if, to him. If we are not fully committed to him, he is unable to work together with us. We must be fully committed to him. When we are fully committed to him, right, we will see the hand of God moving on our lives. God's always moving. He's always doing something. We must remain in his hand. So we will see his hand moving in our lives. Like God will use us to do miraculous things. But he's calling us to a deeper commitment. He doesn't just want us to commit. He just he wants us to fully commit, not just halfway. He wants us to fully commit to him. Like he has, we have to be all of his, like we have to give him ourselves, like all of us, not half of ourselves, not just our past, our future as well. Amen. Are you with me this morning? Come on, don't get quiet on me. Come on, don't get quiet on me. How many want to go deeper with the Lord? It requires, it requires a great deal of commitment to him. Amen. We have to be committed, have to be committed to seek him, we have to be com- committed to chasing him. We have to be committed to connecting with Jesus. That's why I love, I love Peter in the, in the scene when he was walking on water, right, when Jesus is walking on water, and, and Peter was committed, was committed. He got out of the boat because he was committed to get to Jesus. And I love it, the fact that he walked, at, he was close enough to Jesus when he, when he begins to sink, the hand of God reached down and grabbed him. Because he was close enough, because he was committed to get to Jesus. No matter what season that you're in, God wants us to commit. And so here we're going to be talking about Elijah and his commitment to God. I love it because Elijah was so committed to God. He was committed to his purpose. He was committed to doing whatever the Lord told him to do. And he was committed to uh, waiting for God to fulfill the promise he made. 
Elijah was committed. The thing about it, when you talk about Elijah and you associate him with miracles, right, when you hear his name, but how God just used him in such a supernatural way. So how God used Elijah in such a supernatural way, we we can experience the same thing. It can translate in our lives, too. I know my God still raises uh, people from the dead. I know my God still moves mountains. Amen. So if he still if he still moves mountains, he still raised people from the dead. If he still moves, uh, you know, with these things, he can move in our lives as well. Amen. It can translate. It's not just Bible talk. This is like real life. So what Elijah experienced, we can experience as well. He just needs our commitment. He needs our commitment. You ready? So first Kings. Chapter 18, let's start in verse 17. So then it happened when Ahab saw Elijah, that Ahab said to him, is that you, O troubler of Israel? And he answered, have I not troubled, this is Elijah answering, have I not troubled Israel? But you in your father's house have, and that you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord and follow the bells. Now, therefore, send and gather all Israel to me on Mount Carmel for 450 prophets of Baal and 400 uh, 400 prophets of Asherah who eat, who eat at Jezebel's table. Let's just stop real quick. Let's just stop right here for a second. So let me just kind of refresh your memory or for those that don't know what's what's kind of going on. Elijah was called by God to send, send a message. Uh, to Ahab, the king, right? And so, so what's happening here? It, it was it's, it's a drought in Israel, um, and um, and so so God had said to um, Elijah at the beginning, "Go talk to Ahab, because the rain is coming." So it was a promise that he made to to Elijah to go tell him that the rain was coming. But first, Elijah they. He had to talk to Ahab about certain things. So there was, see, he, he talked to him about the, the drought, right? And so the drought actually means that um, the uh, presence of God wasn't there. Absent for the, from the presence of God. Why? Because they committed to false gods. Yeah. Right? They committed to false gods. And on top of it, they were eating at Jezebel's table. Jezebel, the deceptor, the deceiver, right? So Baal first, Baal was the god of fertility, god of fire, right? And then Jezebel, she was just very bad, right? She actually reintroduced the Israelites who knew God, who God was, saw miracles in their lives, Well, she reintroduced them to false idols to false idols and so here they are sitting at Jezebel's table worshiping the bells right and so so they were at so they were so the they were just consumed with idols so basically Elijah was telling them to commit to commit to the Lord so first let me just refresh our memories Talk about what, what is an idol. Well, idol is an un, 
authorized source that God has not approved. So if you are getting advice from someone or something that God has not approved, it's an idol. Are we good? So anything other than God, anything that God has not approved, we create idols in our life. See, the last person I want to direct me or to lead me is me. I remember when me got myself into trouble. I know where I will lead myself to. So the last person I want as an idol is me. A lot of times we become our own idols. We trust ourselves and not God. So anytime we're taking advice from, from yourself, if I take advice from myself, like uh, myself becomes an idol because God has not approved me to lead me. So when you give your life to Christ, you're saying that, like, God, lead me. I die to you so you can lead me. So that, that is an idol. Are you with me? Are we good? So an idol. So when we remove God from schools, or government, our marriage, our prayer life, we are saying, God, I don't need you. And God is saying, okay, (laughs) let me get out your way. So here's, this is what's going on right now. They are worshiping the bells, eating at Jezebel's table. All right, let's go on. Let's let's, let's keep reading. So let's let's go to uh, verse 20. Okay. So Ahab sent for all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together on Mount Carmel. And Elijah came to all the people and said, how long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is, is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But, but the people answered him, not a word. They didn't say a word. So here, so God sent Elijah to confront their commitment. To confront your commitment. He was like, how long? It was a bunch of people around prophets and the people of Israel, just thousands of people around. They were all worshiping Baal, sitting at Jezebel's table. He was just like, okay, how long are you going to falter between two opinions? Remember, the Israelites know God. They experience him already. They already know what he's capable of doing. They already know who God is. That's why he's saying that. How long are you going to falter between two opinions? Sitting at the table uh, with uh, uh, Jezebel, getting opinions from her. See, sitting at the table of Jezebel, they were just feeding their flesh, feeding the flesh. The desires, right? That's sitting at her table. She would, she would give you the your desires of your heart, right? It's a different meaning than what the Bible says, right? So, 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 so he's saying that how long are you going to falter between two opinions? Like how long you're going to do this dance? Like as Christians, like the, 
The church want to know, like people want to know, like for some people, how long are we going to do this? How long are we going to worship God on Sundays but cheat on him on Mondays? I mean, how long, how long are we going to sit at the table of the Lord during communion uh, and, then, and then sit at the Jezebel table on Monday? Like, how long are we going to do this as a church, as believers who know who Christ is, who know who he's capable is, I, I, who he, what he's capable of? I know this is kind of hard, but this is the challenge that Elijah, see, God told Elijah to go and, and, and speak to Ahab. He told him the promise but in order to receive the promise, he must commit to it. He must commit to God. It needs to be a full commitment to God. Like how long, how long are we going to go from faith to doubt? That's really like how long is God? He was saying like, is, if God is God, then worship him. Like just give yourself all to him. If not, Worship Baal. Right. Worship Baal. Right? So how long are we going to, man, this, it got quiet in here. I know you're visiting with us. It doesn't normally get this quiet, but it's a little, maybe it's because of the message or something. It's got real. So how long are we going to do this? Like God wants all of us. Do you know how much he loves us and yeah. fights for us every day? Every day he fights for us. Every day he fights for us. We need to fight for him. We need to fight against ourselves sometime. When we, when we know those moments where we start wavering, when doubt starts creeping in, we have to remind ourselves, like, how long am I going to do this? I mean, I remember last year what God did. I remember what God did last week. I remember what he did in my life, he's still God. He is still on the throne. Why am I wavering right now? Like, how long am I going to do this? It can be exhausting, right? You're hanging out in the world, but still come to church on Sunday. But you're hanging out in the world, but still come to church on Sunday. You're hanging out in the world, but come to church on Sunday. Like, how long are we going to do this? I, I, I move on. I move on. See, those who are fully committed to him, right, he will be fully committed to them. If we're fully committed to God, he will be fully committed to us. Proverbs 16, 3 says, commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. Commitment. Right? So if you honor him, you will be honored. If you sow to God, he will allow you to reap from him. Amen. Is anyone going with me? Yeah. So we must learn the message of being committed. Not just committed, but fully committed. Do you remember the story of the parable of the talents in Matthew 25? Right? So when there were three servants and a master gave them all money, Right. And he's, he basically, I'm paraphrasing, told him to go out and, be, and bear fruit. Right. Um, with, the, with, with the money that he basically gave them. And so there were two, um, um, two that came back 
so excited because they were fully committed to doing what God said. They came back with what he gave them plus more, and they gave it back to, to, um, to the master. And so and the master said, well done, good and faithful servant. Like you did so well with a little, now you're in a position to receive more. Isn't that a blessing? So they were so excited. They were really, it wasn't about the money. It wasn't about the money. It was about the commitment. Yeah. They were so excited to, to receive something from the master and, and to go in and do what the master said. And they brought it back to him with so, with so, so much joy and excitement. They said, look, look what I've done. Look what I've done with what you've given me. But there was one. There's always one. There was one that received a less amount, but he did receive from the master. And what he did with his money, he hid it. Then he came in front of the master. Again, I'm just paraphrasing. He was like, so um, look at here, man. Um, you know, I got situations. I got problems, um, and I had to do what I had to do. I'm sure you understand. Like, I'm sure you understand my, my, my situation. I, you know, the situation I'm in, you know, like, I know what you said. <laughs> like, I know what the Bible says, but you got to understand my situation. You got to understand my situation. I mean, I know I'm supposed to listen to what the Bible says, but I mean, I mean, a brother's got to do what a brother's got to do. Come on, out. I mean, you know, I have needs. I, like, I know I'm not supposed to do certain things in the Bible. I know what it says, but I'm sure you understand. I'm sure you understand. See, God wants us to fully commit. Not halfway commit, not based on our circumstances. He wants full commitment. He said, I'm about to send the rain, but I need you to commit. I need you to commit to this plan. I need you to commit to this promise. I need you to commit fully to me. Amen. Oh, man, if I could get a few people that would go with me this morning. <laughs> so let's go to verse 22. Then Elijah said to the people, this gets better. Elijah said to the people, I alone am left a prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are 450. Therefore, let them give us two bulls and let them choose one bull for themselves. Cut it in pieces and lay it on the wood, but put no fire under it. And I will prepare the other bull and lay it on the wood and put no fire under it. Then you call on the name of your gods. And I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God who answers by fire, he is God. So all the people answered, yeah, it is well spoken. Now Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose one bull for yourself and prepare it first. And you are many and call on the name of your God and put no fire under it. So they took the bull which was given and they prepared it and called, and called on the name of Baal. From the morning, evening till noon, saying, oh, Baal. Hear us. But there was no voice. No one answered. Then they leaped about the altar which they had made. And so it was at noon, Elijah mocked them and said, cry aloud, for he is God. Either he is meditating 
Was he busy? Was he on a journey? Or perhaps he is sleeping, must be awakened. So they cried aloud and cut themselves, as, they, as, as was their custom with knives and lances, until the blood gushed out of them. They were suicidal. And when midday was passed, they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening bell, bell, evening sacrifice, bell, come bell. We prophesied that bell will come and change everything. But there was no voice, no one answered, and no one paid attention. No one paid attention. This was something else. So here's Elijah, one man. Outnumbered. There was at least 450 prophets, but there was a lot more people than that. There was the Israelites, but then there was the 450 prophets there. So it's probably, we can kind of uh, assume that it was probably over a thousand people there, right? Let's just assume that it was that many, right? And so here's, here's Elijah, the only one who believed who the real God was. He's standing in front of the crowd proclaiming the name of the Lord, right? The name of the Lord. He was just, he was standing and just saying, I alone, I alone know who God is. And all you people worshiping Baal, I alone. God is looking for someone to stand alone in in a crowd of doubters proclaiming his name. Stand alone in crowds. No matter what the circle, no matter what the season is, stand alone in every season. Stand alone in crowds and proclaiming his name that he is still Jesus. As other people are doubting him, God is looking. He's just looking for some people that will just shout his name no matter what. So here he is. All these people, people standing in front of him. See, the difference between Elijah and the crowd, see, they were committed to religion. Elijah was committed to relationship. That one might preach. I'll let Pastor Steve or Pastor Yolanda preach more about that one. So so they were committed to religion. Because remember, like, worshiping Baal, sitting at Jezebel's table, right? You can do whatever you want. Sit at my table, I feed your flesh. Mm. You have to be careful what table you're sitting. Come on. Right. So they were used to religion. Religion is like, oh yeah, we you know we worship Baal and you know this and that, and you know, he'll he'll come he'll come through every every now and then, but just sit at this table, you can do whatever you want. Wow. Whatever you ask, your desires will be given to you. So Elijah here, so God told him to take the message to the people. I alone will stand in front of you to let you know that God is true. Whatever he says in your life, he will do. Whatever he promised you will come to pass. He just needs your commitment. So he was just like, he gathered all those people together. He's like, come on, let's go. Let's test him. (laughs) 
Let's test him. So whoever, so, so let's, build, let's build something, let's build, build an altar, let's, let's put some wood under it or whatever, and um, you know, don't light a fire, and um, um, whoever um, answers is, by fire is, is God. So it's like, let's, let's, let's just test him. So, so then, so it's funny, so then the Bible is hilarious. So there was no answer. So they was worshiping Baal, right, calling on Baal. There was no answer. So Elijah started mocking them. He was just like, so, um, um, so uh, is he sleeping? Maybe he's a little busy. He might be on a journey, like he might be vacation. I mean, listen, God's got to take some time off, right? He's busy. He's got the whole world in his hands, right? Maybe he needs to take a day off. Maybe he's just on a little journey. Maybe he just has to wait a little longer, right? Just keep shouting his name, Bell, 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 Bell. Maybe he's a little bit, so he was just mocking them. I think that that is hilarious. Thank God. We serve a God that wants to be found. We serve a God that wants to be found. He wants us to call on his name. He says, I will hear my sheep call my name. We serve a God who wants to be found. We serve a God who wants to be seen. He want, we serve a God that wants to be heard. We serve a God that actually speaks to us. We serve a God that actually loves us, who sacrificed for us. Amen. We serve serve a God who absolutely loves us for no reason, (laughs) but because he loves us. (laughs) We serve a God that created us in his own image. We serve a God that gave us his best, his only son who died on a cross for us. What does full commitment to God look like? Was action before results. Psalms 35 says, commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him. And he should bring it to pass. Isn't that good? So you commit. So actions first. So you commit first. If I commit my ways to the Lord and trust him and in him, he should bring it to pass. Bring what to pass? Whatever promises he made. Whatever promises that are in the Bible. Whatever promise, whatever conversation you had with him, he will bring it to He says to commit and trust and he should bring it to pass. So you do what he says before you see the fruit. Right? Right? So you have to fully commit to God before you see the supernatural. See, too many people want the miracles with no commitment. That's what the Israelites were like. They wanted to see miracles, but no commitment. No commitment. So we're gonna, so later on, we're gonna, I'm a I'm going to make an altar call today, and I'm going to challenge everyone today to come and test God and put everything in his hands and see what happens, and see what happens. Commitment. Commitment to us must be important. 
If something is important to our lives, we will commit to it. If you like or love something, you, you commit time to it. Whatever is important to you, you will commit to it. It's, if it's valuable to you, you will make effort to commit to it. If someone tells you that they love you, but don't commit or value you, it's not love. I, I say it again. If someone tells you, all single people out there, or even married, I'm challenging your marriage right now. If someone tells you that they love you but don't value you and commit to you, they don't love you. See, God, so we are value. God values us because he loves us. Again, he put us first. He gave his son. Why do I need to go any further on how much we are valued to God? We are created in his own image. He values us. He values us because he loves us. That's how you know if someone loves you, do they value you? Not with their mouths, but by their action. Are they committing to you? And we have a commitment problem in the church. The body of Christ, because we're supposed to be an example, right? We're supposed to be role models, right? We're supposed to be leaders, right, um, to, the, to, the, um, to the lost world, right? So, but we have a commitment issue. We have the com uh, commitment issue, lack of commitment with the Lord. So, of course, we're going to have a lack of commitment with relationships or, or marriage, right? We have a, a lack of commitment with the church, right? It's bad. Like, people, some people just won't commit. Trust me, the message will get better. Just hold on for a second. We just have, we have a lack, lack of commitment, right? Like people at church will quit you in a minute. They would just quit you, right? You know, it's like, what happened to so-and-so? Oh, they, they, just, they just not here. Well, what happened? I don't know. They decided to quit. They just, just decided to quit the church. They said, I woke, they, they said, Pastor, they, they woke up and just said, I quit you today. There's no other reason. I just quit you. I just I was like, oh my gosh, it's, it's such a lack of commitment in the church. So, so God wants us to commit to him, to commit to wherever he sends us, commit to the people that he placed in our lives and commit to the purposes that he has in our lives, commit to the promises that he has over our life, commitment. God wants commitment from the church. Commitment. Commitment. Amen? So God loves us so much. Like he will go to battle for us. Like when God knows that you're committed to him, where he will... He will um, you know, he would use you like Job. When the enemy came to, um, to, to God, they had a conversation. He said, have you considered, have you considered my servant Job? I'm not saying all oh, the devastation will happen to you, but if God considers you, that means he knows that you are absolutely fully committed to him. He will consider, so like God will consider a, a, a person like myself. Amen. I've, in my life, I, before I came to the Lord, I've, I haven't committed to anything. 
I have a, had a hard time committing to anything, but I want something about giving my life to the Lord. I just felt such a renewing. And only thing I knew how to do was commit to him. Like church saved my life. I just showed up. I just came to church every week. My wife's laughing. She knows. I didn't know anything. I'm a, I was like a babe in Christ. I just, I just showed up. I just showed up. I didn't know anything. Only knew how to commit. It's like, I don't know what this thing is about, this church thing is about. I'm just going to, all I know how to do is just to show up. And God did the rest. No, he really did. He really did the So the more I came, like a church, church is not obsolete. I rebuke, I rebuke that thinking that the church should not exist any longer. It's something about a community of believers that you can lock arm with and do life with someone that you, they will pray with you when you're going through certain things. Amen. It's something about church, right, that would still, that still save lives. It's something about church that still, like, uh, brings you closer to God. Church still exists. The church is still on fire. The church is still real. The church is still, church still has a purpose. Amen. The church saved my life. I just showed up, and God did the rest. He really did. Thank you, Lord. Amen? Commitment. 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 See, commitments affect what your life will become or will be. Today, your life is the sum total of your previous commitments. Whatever you are today is what you spent time on yesterday. Commitment. God wants us to commit to him. Commitment. So let's go further. Verse 30, we're wrapping this up. Here's where the transformation happened. In verse 30, Elijah said to all the people, come near. So this is when they finished calling on Baal. He didn't answer and all of that. And so they got revelation that this ain't God. So Elijah said, come near. So all the people came near to him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of tribes and all the stones of Jacob to whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, Israel shall be your name. Then with the stones, he built an altar in the name of the Lord and made a trench around the altar large enough to hold two seeds of, of seed. Um, and he put the wood in order, cut the bulls in pieces, and laid it on the wood and said, fill four water pots with water, and pour it on the burnt sacrifice on the wood. Then he said, do it second time, and then they did it the second time. He said to do it the third time, and he did it the third time. Then water ran all over the altar, and he, he also filled the trench with water. And it came to pass at the time of the offering, the evening sacrifice, Elijah the prophets came near and said, Lord of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in, uh, in Israel, and I am your servant, and that I have done all these things at your word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this, this people may know 
that you are the Lord God and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. The fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and, the, and it licked up the water with, with its trench. And now all the people saw it and they fell on their faces and they said, Lord, he is God. Lord, he is God. So such, yes. Such a miraculous thing happened. So three things we get out of this, three things that happen in, in reading this. The first thing, uh, three things that actually Elijah did, he first rebuilt an altar. So the altar that once was was no longer there, tore it down, he rebuilt it. So, and the second thing, so that they can renew their commitment to God. Because you have to get rid of the old in order for God to do a new thing. So he rebuilt the altar so that way they will renew their commitment with God. And then Elijah called on the name of the Lord. And then what happened was it was a huge fire that came in, came over. It was such a miraculous thing. So they realized they saw the fire in Elijah, which called on the fire in heaven. Amen. People in this world need to see the fire in us yeah. first. So he rebuilt the altar. They renewed their commitment to God, and he called on the name of the Lord. Amen. Called on the name of the Lord. And it didn't stop there. It didn't stop there. If you read, for the sake of time, I'm not going to read it. If I could just have Caitlin come up. If I'm, I'm not going to read it. But later on in, the, in this text, remember, they were in a drought. Right? And God had promised Elijah that rain was coming. So Elijah said to Ahab, go, you go relax, man. You just go relax and eat. Um, you know, basically you're saying, I, you know, I'll take care of the rest. So what Elijah did, he ran up to the mountain and he, and he started praying to the Lord. Now re remember Elijah's commitment, which I love so much. Elijah was committed to God. He was committed to purpose. He was committed to doing whatever God told him to do. And he was committed on waiting for, for the promise to be filled, to be fulfilled. So here, Elijah, he's praying on the mountain and he told the servant, the servant to go check and see if the rain's coming. So he went back and forth. On the seventh time, the servant said, there is a cloud as small as a man's hand raising out of the sea. The hand of God is attracted to our commitment. So he was praying, and then the promise was fulfilled based off of their commitment. 
the Israelites' commitment and Elijah's commitment. The hand of God came over and the drought was over. It didn't stop at the fire. The fire was only proof that who the real God was. Then God started showing off. He's saying, this drought is over. This famine is over. Based on your commitment, watch me move. Watch me move with commitment. Watch me move. When I, when I know that I'm, you know that I'm your only God, I'm your only source, watch me move. And then rain just came down. There are people here that have been committed for a long time to, to the Lord. He says, you get ready. As a matter of fact, I want to speak this over to individuals that's been committed for a long time with the Lord and then people that have been con committed for a long time in this church. Because later, because he told, he actually told his servant to go tell Ahab before the rain came. He said, go tell Ahab because he sensed that it was coming because he knew what God said. He was going to, he knew what his purpose was. He knew God was going to send a rain. He said, go, he said, go tell Ahab to get your chariots ready. So that way you can fill it up with all the rain. And that's what he's saying to those that have been committed to him for a long time and that's been committed in this church. He's saying, go get your chariots ready because the blessings are coming. The I'm about to fulfill a promise. God's been watching your commitment. It would not return to him void. He says, get ready. Get your chariots ready. We hope this message was impactful to you. If you would like to hear more, please remember to subscribe. For more information, you can visit our pages on both Facebook and Instagram. God bless you and have a great rest of the week.